I've only seen it on YouTube. I have so many questions. Do I need to move on? I think Please. So. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what's happening. As the boss of the podcast, I'm concerned that I don't know what's happening. And a lot of times it's backwards or really formal, overly formal. Why did you say it like that? Toilet paper? The yeah. thinnest type of paper that man ever invented? Wilson! <laughs> Look at that, it's fine. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. Just to be clear, did you say Robert De Niro? Yes. I'm sorry. Have you seen the movie? Have you not seen Godfather Part 2? Oh, no. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say that. The the listeners at home can't see the look of (laughs) the movie I have on my face right now. But I, I I want them to know that I am dumbfounded by that comment. This is not the podcast you deserve. The 2020 Oscar Best Picture winner, Parasite, divided the movie-watching community into two categories. Those that can both watch a movie and read subtitles, and those that would rather chew glass than try to read a book while watching their movie that they spent untold money on popcorn to go see a artsy film. But don't worry. On today, on Not the Podcast You Deserve, we will be breaking down The Raid Redemption. This is a foreign film that you can choose to watch with subtitles or a great English dubbing. I didn't know that was an option. I could have done that. Oh, no. Did you not do that? No, no my, I watched mine, the subtitles. Yeah, mine had automatic subtitles on it. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's only if you bought the movie on Blu-ray. Oh, oh okay. All right. I enjoyed And I'm normally someone who's a weird assumes- flex. That is, yeah. Um, and I'm normally the person who, like, as soon as I, f- like, start having to read subtitles, I, like, tune out. And I didn't know that this movie was not English. Or ah. I didn't even think about this movie. And so when it <laughs> opened up and there was a bunch of subtitles, I was like, ah, shoot. This is going to be a really long two hours. But it turns out I don't think you really needed the subtitles for most of the movie. I think, <laughs> I think Most of the dialogue gotten- is just screams yeah. and punches and blocks and kicks and throws Man, a lot of blocks. A lot yeah. of blocks. So many blocks. So many blocks. I, I think that there is a movement in Hollywood to these action movies that spent a whole lot of time taking the action fight scenes very seriously. You see this with John Wick is the most prominent series right now that's getting a ton of fame. But I, The Raid Redemption was the first one of these type of movies that I saw where, I mean, I think they spent like 18 months choreographing the fight scenes like getting the choreography down and like the main character the main actors uh Aikau said he spent like six months going in every day choreographing so they get all the timing right but I think it's really beautiful and awesome despite it being super graphic and like brutal and speaking on like the cast and people I don't know about you guys I did not I recognized one person in this film and it was just because i saw john wick three last week and it was the shinobi guy is the yeah, mad yeah. dog guy um, so they they brought him and then the other guy is in the raid two yeah, they okay. brought them in uh I, I guess because john wick some of the action scenes are kind of paying not paying homage but uh, influenced by the raid and the raid two kind of that style of choreography and action which what i was getting at like I think this is a kind of a new age of action movies or instead of Tom Cruise riding a motorcycle off a plane that explodes without <laughs> looking at it, you get like these really intricate hallway scenes of him punching and slamming a guy's head into the wall six times right. and then mm. taking on three other people at the same time. And that's what, do you want to do any background for this or do you just want to jump right into it? Well, I'd like know. to say, first of all, if you haven't seen the movie, we're, we're just going to talk about it a lot today. <laughs> maybe, this is not the episode for you. Yeah, you should Spoiler maybe alert. stop and go see it right now. Uh, Will Our Lane. last episode about Tom Hanks being which Tom Hanks would be the best dad. Uh, that's that's one everybody can uh, can love and uh, and appreciate. The Raid Redemption deep dive. I'm not sure everybody's in for this, but, <laughs> but darn it, I be. am. Yeah, it should be. Um, I thought you know as I knew nothing about this movie other than Drew Allen loves it and has talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And when the movie starts off with like this dude just like training and punching a bunch of bags and stuff, and then he goes and sees his pregnant wife and like kisses her belly, I was like. 
uh oh, <laughs> like, they they are setting the stakes pretty high pretty early on here. It's like that's a that's a tool that's used in movies to like for, to like make you care about a character, um, yeah. and it's it's used it's used a lot in different types of movies. But you always have to have like some sort of some reason to want this guy to make it to the end. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's sometimes like in Gladiator. Um, where like you know that thing it doesn't actually end up happening well i guess in gladiator he actually does get to see his family again because they're dead already um so that's not a great uh that's not a great one <laughs> I, I get but, what like, you're saying though yeah joss whedon i thought did a great job of using that kind of um thing in the avengers age of ultron when you introduce he introduces hawkeye we he introduces the viewers to hawkeye's family and like he's gonna retire after his last mission you know that's the thing that they used to do a lot in old movies too mm-hmm. is like this is my last go around and then you know that's mm-hmm. why you care joss whedon i thought did a great job using that trope of this is Hawkeye's family. He's got kids. Now he's got one on the way, you know, this is his last mission. And then he gets you to the point where you think Hawkeye's about to die. And then he, he flips it on itself, which I thought was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the thing that happens a lot in movies. They try, you got to be invested in this guy for, for some reason. And so right. he goes over and <laughs> kisses his wife's tummy. He's like, I'll be back soon. And you're like, but are you like, I don't, <laughs> I really hope so. I really want you to. Yeah. And, and it, you know, we should do a spoiler alert ahead. We will be talking about like the whole movie and everything. So, I mean, we, you, you referenced it earlier saying like, you haven't watched the movie, go watch it now. But like the the action in this movie is brutal, like savage. Yeah. They are mach- like so many machetes. Every single bad guy has a machete <laughs> and they are getting sliced and stabbed like multiple times. And it's like visceral, but it's the director said that like he grew up watching a lot of these action movies with his dad. And the one point that his dad made was that, that as long as the action, the brutality wasn't cruel, like that was his out. Like as soon as that was happening, he took it away. And so I think that's an interesting point when watching this movie, like we know nothing about it and you see somebody get stabbed in the neck, like with a machete, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? But it's never cruel. It never hangs on to somebody suffering. You know, they, they all either die pretty quick or, you know, they, they're going to be okay later on. They're just incapacitated. One thing I thought was cool that after the hallway scene and like, he's just beating up like, a, like 85 people, like they're not all like knocked out. Like they're like rolling around and like groaning and stuff, which is like, I don't know. I've never been hit hard enough and I've been <laughs> knocked out. But like you see like in James Bond movies and stuff, like it's like one swift punch to the jaw and that person's just on the ground, right. like unconscious. And you're like, okay, I don't know if, I don't think anybody could actually hit me that hard. I mean, I don't uh-huh. know. I don't want to like bring Mike Tyson onto the show and like try it, but I think it would, I think I could probably take more than one punch before I just be on the ground, like asleep. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so at least. I'd like to. I, <laughs> I, again, I, I don't, don't want to find out. It. Yeah, <laughs> until proven otherwise. Um, yeah. One of the things that I really loved about this movie, on retrospect, was just there seemed like there was this theme of trying to find balance. If that makes sense, like, um, and you see that just even in the first shot, like you were talking about, Kyle. He's fighting right and training, and then mm-hmm. it's intercut with shots of you know him in worship or him with mm. his pregnant wife. And it's like, yeah. he's trying to find this balance between, you know, his violent job of mm-hmm. being a SWAT team officer and his like love for his family and just wanting to be a normal person. Uh, okay. You experience it with the music, right? Uh, and the sound throughout, because there will be just like these crazy intense fight scenes and everything's like really loud and like the soundtrack is like going nuts. And then all of a sudden there'll just be like these moments of intense silence. That's, that's, I thought it, when I was watching it, um, I wrote down in my notes, like very kind of Christopher Nolan-esque um, in his use of way. sound. Um, he will do the like deafening noise while stuff is going on. And then that deafening silence with an orchestra swell in the background of mm. something like big is coming to the point where that's all you hear when you see the action. And two, um, there's, I can't remember what part now, uh, but a really intense part where he's I think he's like going through the hallway like trying to like stumbling around and it cuts to a flashback of his wife um Mm. like multiple times throughout and it's just silent and it's just her smiling and Nolan does that a lot in all of his movies he always kind of gives you that like this is what that character would be trying to think of Mm. in a time of dire need something to like get him through I thought that was really really who is this director what what is his name Gareth Evans uh what is he he's not this was kind of his first big breakout movie he he had a an indie like a short i don't know if it was a short but he did like out of college called footsteps i think 
Okay. And that was, it, it won some awards, but then he said he kind of lost uh, the passion for it. And then his wife, um, who is uh, of Indonesian, Japanese uh, a descent, or uh, called over into Indonesia and, and got him a director get um, that they were doing like an Indonesian documentary series. And he got the Pincat Silat, which is the type of uh, martial arts that they use in this movie. Okay. Uh, and he fell in love with that, and then he made this movie. And then he, he made The Raid 2, which is also successful, and a couple things after that. I think the latest things was Gangs of London, which is a TV show. Oh, he's rumored to direct the Deathstroke movie? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm yeah. in on that. <laughs> um, yeah, fire. fire but he, he's a up. Welsh dude called Gareth Evans, and then he makes this incredible Indonesian fight m- movie that shows off, it's like, when you there are a ton of people like even in Indonesia who watched the whole movie and then saw at the end credits that directed by Gareth Evans and they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I thought right. this guy was like grown up in this culture and like yeah. knew because the choreography is so great. But he wrote, directed, and edited this movie. Wow. wow. Okay. And yeah. and that's the we talked not too long ago about um, Jackie Chan movies and yeah. how how fun Rush Hour was and um, Tal Tal not Talladega Nights. Uh, what's Shanghai. the noon? Shanghai noon and Shanghai Nights. Not <laughs> yeah. Jackie Chan and Talladega Nights might also be fun. Um, but I remember like one thing that I was always cool to me about Jackie Chan movies was like seeing the protagonist actually struggle. And kind of like you were yeah. talking about earlier about the fight scenes. Like Jackie Chan was not always knocking people out in one punch, and he was never like evading everybody. Like dude would be kicked in the face, he'd be thrown to the ground. <laughs> yeah. And that sort of same thing is in the Raid Redemption, where these these guys get beat up so bad yeah. and it's, it's not just punch punch you know duck dip dive and dodge and then punch again <laughs> like they're they're taking a beating and that's really i say it's fun that's kind of a weird thing to say but it's it it invests you a lot more as a viewer when you don't just know all right this guy's gonna get out and unscathed it's gonna be fine um especially when we get to that scene where the the mad dog breaks the the second lead's neck and i was like what is going yeah. on yeah mad dog uh played by yayan ruhin is the choreographer for the whole movie so like, oh really he's why, the stunt guy yeah so that's Interesting. why he's such a big like badass is because like he's doing all the choreography he's the one he uh cool. trained like the indonesian secret service in this fighting style like all of these people are either like trained and grew up like knowing like doing martial arts or yeah. like that that guy he trained in the secret service joe taslam the jaka the guy you just talked about whose neck gets break the, the second lead he was like actually a judo champion like has several gold medals like at the national level wow and that's what I was, <laughs> when I was reading up about this, nationals. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but as soon as I finish a movie, the, my next hour is devoted to IMDb trivia because I want to learn everything yeah. about the movie I just watched and stuff I missed out on or whatever. And, and one thing I think is interesting about these movies and the John Wick movies is they always talk about like which fighting style was like used, whether yeah. it's jujitsu or karate or like whatever. And I can't remember which this one was, but like, that's just always like really confused me. Like I kind of always just thought that like everything was karate. Like I didn't know there were like different types of karate. So yeah. hearing is getting to see all those different, like, I don't know, man, there's a lot, so I guess I just don't the, know. The in main general, ones, pin cat sea lot is the one used in this one. And then judo for that one guy, but they, there are a couple different ones and I don't know the difference. I'm not, I'm not. That's interesting to me tell. though. There's like a whole different world of, you know, just like fighting styles that, and like, that is so like they taught certain people, certain styles to flesh out their background for people that would notice that, um, which yeah. to me is like, I don't know anything about that. So it doesn't mean a lot to me, but when I watch like a football movie and the coaches in the huddle, he's like, all right, run, all right, jet ring, Ringo star Beatles on three. And you're like, all right, that's not a, no one would ever know like where to line up and there's no way that could be a play. And then you get up yeah. and it's like a, it's like a straight handoff to like the fullback. And you're like, okay, there's no way that took nine <laughs> words to get across. So that stuff always bothers me. So I'm sure if, I'm sure for the people who do like understand, you know, Kung Fu and stuff, um, that's really cool to like see the different fighting styles and all that jazz. But that's why I love this movie as I feel like it takes the stunt and choreography and fighting seriously. Like they spend months training and that's what makes John Wick great too, is they they got Keanu Reeves to spend like three months just doing gun work and learning how to look like what it looks like to hold a gun correctly. And you don't get that when, like, you make an American remake of these foreign films, you get 
Chris Evans, or I don't want to say him, I think he does a good job actually, but like they just never, never gets punched. Or if he does, he just shakes it off and right. he just walks through a fight scene. And then they cut whenever he throws a punch because they don't spend any time doing the fight scenes because they don't have that time. He's a, yeah. every time that he's on set, they're spending like a million dollars. And this is not in the budget. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. I was looking up to see like how much this movie costs to make. Um, and I couldn't find that, but I did see that in the worldwide box office, this made $1.2 million. Um, and that seems incredibly low, but so, I mean, I, I don't know how this was released. I never heard of it until you said it. So I guess that yeah. might be why. So Gareth Evans set out to make the raid two really like that's the movie he wanted to make. And then when he got his budget, it was way lower than he wanted that he could, that he needed to spend on that movie. So they made mm-hmm. this one instead, which is just them in a hotel, which is that you can have like what three floors is all you really need to show. And yeah. all of the weapons in this movie are actually airsoft guns. Oh, no way. Really? Yeah, awesome. they're airsoft rebel guns that they're just CGI flashes in. Cool. And then they, they, he, they hired, like, no, like, not no names, but, you know, they've got a couple of people that you recognize now, but they really got their start in this. It's like where they got discovered. Um, and they, they spent all of that money, all that time in the choreography and the fight scenes. And they would film the whole movie, like, on his phone. Like, Gareth Evans would film the whole movie, choreography and all, and then would actually film the movie and drop that into his editing. Like, that's how he edited the movie. Okay, so I just actually just found it, and I'm just lazy. I should have found this earlier. The budget was 1.1 million. Um, opening weekend in the U.S. was 213 thousand, uh, and then after like up to this point, it's grossed worldwide over nine million. Um, so still not like anything close to what your normal movie will get today. Um, but I thought this was a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. This is one of the better action movies i've ever seen you know we were talking about either doing smoke and aces or this movie um Mm -hmm. they're both very similar in terms of like the quest that the main character is on um this movie is so much better than smoke and aces (laughs) (laughs) and and i'm sure i bet this is one tenth of what smoke and aces brought into the box office maybe maybe even less than that Um, it's a foreign film that got like no press release like you didn't hear like you said you didn't hear about this movie at all so how did you hear about this movie nine million um, I can't, I think it just got around, like this is one of those cult classic movies where people just word of mouth. Okay. Yeah, I just had a friend in college who said, hey, everybody come over, like we're watching The Raid. And I said, I've never heard of it. He goes, it's the coolest action movie I've ever seen. I said, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it lived up to the hype. One of, uh, one of, I thought the coolest scenes, like one of the best intros to a bad guy, uh, when they just, oh cut my the, gosh. they just like the, the guys, like they just started talking about how like, you know, there's this bad guy and he owns this apartment complex or whatever. And it just shoots to him and he just walks up and shoots six people in the head and then yeah. goes and gets a hammer and hammers a dude to death. And I was when, like, holy cow, like, oh he, no. He like yeah. fires his gun, runs out of bullets and then goes to the drawer and opens it up and bullets fall down. Like right. he had the option to pick up bullets and he says, nah, I'll take this tiny hammer. I and was he like, puts, no, don't grab the, the ultimate, hammer. He does the ultimate power move where he puts the gun on puts the, the gun on his shoulder, on the hostage's shoulder, and just goes like, "Watch this for me." Uh, oh my gosh, so, that's one of the best like opening bad guy intros ever. That was awesome. Yeah. We we have danced around it a couple times talking about specific things. I think we should just do a brief synopsis of the movie, just for listeners. Yeah. So the the whole premise of the movie basically is we're following this one guy named Rama on a Indonesian SWAT team and they're going in to raid the name of the movie uh, <laughs> a hotel for criminals basically an apartment complex for criminals and it's run by this underworld boss who gives all these criminals like carte blanche just to live there and basically cops can't come in because it's just too powerful and they bribe the right officials and all that stuff so they go in early in the morning and they're trying to take this thing floor by floor till they get up to the 15th floor to find the, the head bad guy well, they get caught like on floor four or whatever, and then they just have to fight their way through and then back out. They right? get yeah. they get caught so much sooner in this movie than I was anticipating. <laughs> like I, I was like, all right, I, I was like, okay, it's an hour and forty minute movie. I bet like the first fifty minutes or so they're like still fighting their way up. Then the last half is them, you know, getting out. Nope, like twenty five minutes in, you're like, oh no, but half the, the team is dead. <laughs> the, the raid stuff, the first like six floors that they are just they're just cruising through like yeah. they are taking in get, grabbing people like in their sleep throwing them down handcuffing them and then they're moving on it's like incredibly clean slick and then like you said they get six floors up and they make a mistake and then 
everything goes sideways like yeah. immediately it's not even that they make a mistake it's that a little boy was going to the bathroom and then came out of the bathroom and yeah. they're like well i guess we shoot the kid i don't know and so one of the things you find out halfway through is that the lieutenant who kind of put this whole thing together uh did so without actually telling the police uh yeah. so all of these swat team members most of them rookies are there with absolutely no backup no one knows they're actually there and they can't really call for reinforcements because they're there illegally because they're mm-hmm. they're doing like a raid for another criminal boss kind of thing who okay that's what i didn't understand i didn't understand who the the old guy with the white hair i understand who like why they raided the building so they hint at it a couple times like but it was never explicitly stated there's right? this like overarching table like you'll never get a seat at the table kind of thing yeah. like the top brass um there are these like head guys who run the criminal underworld and like the guy who runs the hotel um i can't remember his name but he's just kind of a tama yeah thank you tama is just kind of like a oh i serve them as do you and then they really dive into it a lot in the raid too okay yeah so i I was trying to follow along with the subtitles but still be able to like see what what all was going on i was like i'm sure i missed how it was stated that he is like in 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 tow with these they, they really don't explain explicitly the most you get is that the end when the bad guy when he's got the bad guy and he's walking him down the stairs he's like you think that you were sitting here to kill me you were sitting here to die like right he's uh, like we knew you were coming yeah. yeah yeah so um it's funny we were talking about earlier the ray two and you know he wanted to make that movie first but didn't have the budget you mm-hmm. can see just in the time of the movie um the first one raid redemption which, first of all, I love that the first one is called The Raid Redemption, and the second movie is just called The Raid 2. Right. <laughs> um, the Raid colon Redemption. Yeah. Uh, it really sounds like there's not a first one. Like, there should be another <laughs> prequel out there somewhere. Uh, but anyway, The Raid 2 is two and a half hours, and The Raid Redemption is an hour 34 or something like that. So you oh, can wow. tell just he was like okay this is the story i actually wanted to tell i wanted to flush out all these stories he had had 4.5 million dollars to work with on the raid 2 as opposed to 1.1 in the original a little bit more that'll do a lot for your story i would imagine that scene when the little kid like starts running up the stairs from going to the bathroom he spots him he runs and they go to like the slow-mo shot of the old cop like pulling the trigger and it going through the wall and hitting the kid in the neck i was like oh this that escalated things quite a bit I don't think I'm ready for the next hour of this movie. And I was not ready for the next hour of the movie. By the end of it, I was sweating. I was on the edge of my seat, still trying to read subtitles. I was so, I was so anxious. Golly, it's a really, really good movie. Um, And that scene when they are, they start chopping a hole in the floor to get down. Yeah, is that not nuts? Um, I had a question for you guys. Y'all are both smarter than me. Um, In terms of like science stuff, how does fridge plus uh gas can plus grenade like what does that equal like what did they make because <laughs> all so, i know is there's a really big explosion <laughs> like why did they need the fridge i don't understand so the propane uh is a very explosive thing and the yeah. grenade lights it right so he basically just makes a giant bomb he puts so it just a fridge. really big bomb yeah, yeah basically he puts it in the fridge to direct the blast oh, uh, because as indiana jones and the crystal skull will tell us if you put yourself in a refrigerator, you will survive a nuclear blast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I really, I have a lot of confidence in the structural integrity of refrigerators (laughs) and I'm not sure that I should. Bulletproof too. I don't know if you pay attention when they're pushing it. Like as long as you're behind the fridge, you won't get shot. Yeah. Yeah. That That, scene though is one of my favorites because Jocka, the sergeant like drops through first and immediately just gets jumped by three dudes. Yeah. That was such a great scene. And then the camera goes through the, the hole and pans up. Like that's really hard to choreograph, like just camera work. Three of my favorite kills came in a row on that. (laughs) Uh, I think his name's Bowo, B-O-W-O. Yeah. Because I refuse to say it's Bow Wow. Um, <laughs> takes the axe and hits one dude in the shoulder and like rips him off. And yeah. then um, Jocka like is able to flip the guy's head over at one point who's attacking him and just like pistols him in the head three times. Yeah. And then um, they're sitting there waiting and they can hear someone about to drop down the hole, one of the bad guys. And somebody else takes a running start. And as a bad guy drops the hole, he tackles him out the window. Yeah, that was And so that all cool. happens in like 20 seconds. And I was like, I love this. 
That's a really yeah. good scene, but the hallway fight scene to me is the best fight scene because that is unbelievable how cool it was him when he's dual wielding a knife and a baton and he takes yes. out like 45 people. That was so cool. <laughs> with a dude on his back. Literally yeah, yeah. With the team on his back. What I really love about the action in this movie is it's not just like there's five bad guys and they take them on one at a time. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't take the, there's like the one bad guy runs and then gets taken down and then the next one runs and then takes it down. Like he's fighting all four of them at the same time. Yeah. A lot of times he's like going to finish one guy off and another one grabs and pulls him back. Like that's like really cool action stuff that I had never seen in a movie before. And that's the first time I've seen the main character actually take on multiple guys. And that's why they made this movie to showcase like that's what the Indonesian like martial arts is made to do is so that you can like take out two, this guy's your one guy's knees and then continue fighting the next guy. And then like, it's made to take on multiple dudes at the same time. Yeah. There were, there were three very specific things that happened during most of the fight scenes in this movie that I loved. Uh, the first one is like the blocks, like we were talking about earlier, and then just immediately like punch to the knee or like punch to the shoulder, that kind of thing. He's not yeah. like, Oh, I'm here for the killing blow. He's just like, I'm going to hurt you a bunch yeah, all these tiny little punches until you're weak <laughs> enough for me to actually like murder you. And that drove me crazy in the final fight scene between the two brothers and Mad Dog. Because oh, I was like, gosh. stop just like lightly tapping this dude. Tackle him to the floor like at any point in time. But I, I mean. I laughed out loud every time Mad Dog gets thrown. <laughs> he gets thrown so many times, yes. So, He's a tiny dude. That's yes. another thing that I loved about this is like the realism of the fights, right? They take size actually into account yeah um like when jaka fights mad dog who we find out in the second movie his name is koso so when jaka fights koso um i refuse he, to call him koso he is mad dog to me okay. he's he's much bigger right jaka is and so yeah. he's able to kind of manhandle him a little bit and throw him around and kind of uh-huh. tell some of his attacks and i appreciated that that made a very significant difference yeah, yeah. Uh, in the way that they fought, and that doesn't show up in a lot of movies. It's like, oh wow, here comes the big enforcer, and the ba- and the good guy just like punches him in the chest one time. And they're like, oh, still dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I love the Rocky franchise, but it's like every single boxing match in the Rocky is they are getting hit in the face with every single punch. Yeah, it's like if he's if Rocky's losing the match, he's only getting punched in the face over and over again, and then when he's coming back, he's only ever punching the other guy in the face over and over again. I think we can all agree that if in the Rocky franchise, he just would have one time put his gloves over his face <laughs> to block a punch, he would have never lost a fight. But, but then he would have been, you know, yeah, he like Rocky. Rocky is, he's not afraid to just take punches to the face. Well, so what was your favorite kill of the, of the movie? Uh, my hit, you want to go Crawford? Yeah, uh, yeah this is an easy one for me. It's okay. uh, when he's fighting the machete guys in the hallway and he breaks the door down. And then Ooh. he grabs the one dude by the head, oh, yes. jumps backwards, <laughs> and then just like impales yes. his, his neck oh. on the broken door shards. I was like, mm, that's it. Uh, I oh. actually wrote down notes and in all caps, I went, <laughs> broken door, jump back kill. <laughs> um, and I was like, can't wait to talk about that. Broken door, jump back kill. <laughs> that's incredible. That, that is my favorite stunt in the whole movie. Um, I think a, another great killed I'll, I'll just do my fallback because that definitely was my favorite one it's just so visceral to see like the yeah. little shards of door at the bottom mm-hmm. um, but there's one time where he's fighting he's just taking down four guys and there's one other guy in the hallway and he like breaks both his punches both of his knees out and then smashes his head against a light and then against the wall and against the wall again like as the guy's falling he's just slamming yes. his head against the wall that was great uh, that was going to be the other thing I talked about earlier when I said a couple of things that happened in all the fights. The other one was just like everyone's head gets smashed into everything <laughs> all the time. There's so much head to concrete, to tile, to tables, to like, it doesn't matter. It's crazy. There had to have been concussions everywhere. Right. You, you talked about the budget on that show or on that movie, 1.1 mm-hmm. million. I wonder how much of it like went to workman comp. <laughs> <laughs> to pay for these stunt doubles just getting murdered and, and that's what i like i don't know man if there were a bunch of stunt doubles because like the way that they shot it there's a whole bunch of 180 degree camera turns that's true, while yeah. the fight's going on and i'm sure there's a lot of movie magic and a lot of you know angles that you know you can do with cameras and stuff mm-hmm. but like 
you are seeing, especially in the final fight scene with the two brothers and Mad Dog, like you can see their faces. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of movie magic, but like, uh-huh. I think they had to do a lot of that. Like, I think, I think they, they did, really yeah. did have to do a lot of that. A lot um, of the punches where they were actually connecting and they had to like learn how to control it so that like when, because they were connecting not to follow through, like yeah. there's a little, they do it a little bit more so than you would see in like an American action movie where one guy's punching like three feet in front of the other guy's face and they yeah. just have the camera set up so you can't see it. But, uh, oh, sorry, not to tap, I'll cut it out. I also really love it when you guys are like, oh, we can cut that out. And then I specifically don't you cut it out in do. post yeah. just because yeah. I yeah. Don't want to want to. Huge jerk. <laughs> I just want y'all to look incompetent. Do you any editing? <laughs> I cut out all of the stuff that makes me sound bad, but I leave oh in the other gosh. stuff that lets, that makes you two sound bad. That's how it normally works. It, hey, Drew, it just humanizes us. All right. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. We're, we're, we're relatable. Um, in uh, my my favorite kill, and this is pretty messed up, but I thought that when Mad Dog breaks the neck of the other officer, that was so intense, and yeah. it was my so like normally in movies when a bad guy has a has a moment of hubris where he's gonna you know level the playing field or whatever for the good guy, the good guy usually wins that battle, and it's like oh hubris is bad, like every Shakespeare you know story uh-huh. ever told. Um, and so he, instead of shooting the guy, he's like, this is too easy. I'm gonna do it with my hands. And, and then when like, as he's like wrapping after he's beat the crap out of him and as he's like wrapping, like his, his arms around the dude's head to break it off. Like the sound was just, that was in the, one of the Nolan esque, like orchestral swells as it's happening. Um, and then he does it and it's just so like, you saw it and like, I can't unsee it. But then the fact that that set up that was foreshadowing, I guess. I don't know, but that the exact same thing happens at the end of the movie where he's, he's going to do another set of hubris where instead of just taking one of you on at a time, I'm going to release yeah. your brother. I'm going to fight both of you at the same time. And then yeah. he gets Jaka um, in that same hold and the same piece of music starts playing. Oh my gosh, that's a beautiful connection for so many different reasons to get you back yeah. into that feeling of, Oh no, no, no. panic no, no, that you no. were just in an hour yeah, earlier. Um, I thought that was beautifully done um, and a really, really, it wasn't just like gore and shock value. It was right. like a, an emotional tie to what is happening for a lot of different reasons. That's what I can't get past is how well this story was told. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's not just a, it's not just smoking aces where everybody's just shooting each other and <laughs> having quippy one liners and stuff back and forth. It was a really, really good movie. So that's my favorite kill just because of what that's set up and like how beautifully it was done. One of the things you talked about in there was, you know, their attention to detail. And there was one in that final fight scene between uh, Rama and his brother and then Mad Dog. Uh, the brother, first of all, the brother's role kind of seemed like, hey, I'm just going to distract him for a little bit and take some punches. <laughs> Yeah. So he could torture for a while yeah. until yeah. you can come save the day. Get uh, your breath back here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to be the human punching bag for a few moments here, <laughs> and then you come back in and save the day. Um, but he fought with, like, long sleeves on, and it made him look slower because um, uh. he kind of had some bigger flowing moments uh, or movements, and the other guys mm. were fighting in short sleeves and, you know, really quick fighting styles, and it really exaggerated i think as a visual like mm. okay he's not the best fighter here um, right. and yeah, it was yeah. like those little things and i was like oh okay that's cool and i, I was watching that final scene and and uh, i don't know if i said this earlier but i rewatched this movie last night kyle with your dad with dale oh, no <laughs> how did that go was that horrible uh, uh, I don't think it was. I don't know if he ever got past the subtitles. To be honest with you, <laughs> that's not his thing. Yeah, <laughs> he, he quite enjoyed the action scenes though. And at the end, like he was like, I don't know. He was confused of why Mad Dog was whipping both of their tails. He's like, yeah. I want my heroes to. It kind of takes away that it's taking two of them to take down this bad guy. Yeah. But uh, I, I really liked that because it showed how incredible Mad Dog was as a fighter, and it showed it earlier, like you said, when he was he like had Jocka drop his knife and then they fought hand to hand and then he still won. The fact that Mad Dog was the best fighter out of them all but they, the brothers overcame that and not in a Hobbs and Shaw way of like oh yeah, we could use teamwork. You take a punch I'll punch. I'll take a punch, you punch. Like that's how much boiled down it got. <laughs> Have y'all seen Hobbs and Shaw? Oh yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about when they're finally... It's, oh yes. Like they're the like, oh, this is how we'll come together as a team. I'll get hit so you can hit. And like, it's dumb. 
it's like that's like action told for six-year-olds whereas this you like you see two guys that are beaten up and tired and so that's real because they've got like one guy has gone up 15 floors of fighting and the other guy has been stabbed and tortured for a while and then you know that mad dog's a better fighter and it's like them overcoming that conflict that struggle is very visceral and cathartic of when they finally come together and everything works together and they end up stabbing him with a fluorescent light bulb yeah and then turning it through his neck and he yes. fights for a long time with that yeah. thing yeah. in his neck when he I, stabs him in the neck i thought it was over i kept thinking that he was gonna like take the brother and like stab the brother <laughs> with the other end of the light pole thing i was so like i was so anxious that whole time yeah that was great man he does it makes you like like cringe like mm-hmm. at like the brutality of it but it never goes like into they said he never he doesn't like it cruel he, he doesn't hold on somebody like st- like that that same mad dog is the, the most you get of somebody like like viscerally dying and like that as that fluorescent bulb goes through his neck like that's the most you get and you needed time. it as a viewer because you've seen him inflict so much pain on the good guys that like you yeah. need that for some sort of like redemption um in yeah. the story so i thought that was yeah. really well done yeah, I, I think the action, and it's it's good to tell people when you watch this movie, it's brutal and savage, but it's not it's not like they're taking they're relishing pain and suffering. Right. It's, it's mostly just really showcasing martial arts and what they can do for those of us that have brothers or you know kids or whatever. The raid redemption was really tough because you're like, man, I want this guy to get out so bad. Mm-hmm. I want him to go home to his child. I want his brother to get out of there, and you know, so most of that happens, but not it all came at a cost. Yeah, it all yeah. came at a big cost. So one of the other things I loved about this movie, and I think John Wick does a good job of this too, because I think we talked about earlier. You know, John Wick seems to take a lot of influence from this, uh, from this movie franchise. Is that they do a really good job of amping up the action and the coolness of the fights and the kills, even uh, without it being cheesy. Um, but they'll they'll take very uh, common deaths i want to say you know out of movies and then add a little twist to it uh the prime example i can think of is uh, rama's in a hallway and somebody's like running at him and he like dodges it real fast and like throws him over the edge and you're you're assuming oh he's going to go down the big hole in the corridor he's going to land on the you know the Uh basement floor whatever he's going to fall six floors he's that guy's dead instead it pans over just slightly and you see him land on his back on the yeah. next floor down on the railing and he dies and you're like oh gosh that was <laughs> uh, like, a lot I, to process i thought i knew what was coming for sure and was like okay that guy's dead well it turns out he was still dead but in a new way that i did not see coming right yeah, uh, yeah and that, it, it, that's it's those little most- things that i really appreciated that was the most cringy death for me of watching you seeing his back bend as he lands like on a small pillar. Um, oh, I, I, I still, it's tough to say that like, as I'm talking about this movie now, like why do I love it so much? Cause I'm cringe and just sweat the whole time while I'm watching this movie, but it's so real. It just yeah. looks real to me. And I would like to see riveting. It. Yeah, I would like to see it again now that I know what happened so I could relax through it. But I don't know if it would be better that way. I think it was made for you to be very suspenseful. Yeah. I don't think you can relax. I have seen it multiple times now and still watching it last night. I was like, oh gosh, please. Um, please live. Yeah. Um, and that scene when they're in the wall and the guy comes through and machetes the wall oh like a hunt, like eight times and then the last one ends up on his cheek. I was like, like at no point did I think the blade was actually going to go through his head. But like I also didn't foresee it like being inside of his face like for <laughs> for five minutes as dialogue was going around i was like oh no somebody right. helped that guy so that's that's <laughs> one of the things that i love is the pacing of this movie they go from like a crazy intense action scene to a scene of total suspense and like oh gosh what's gonna happen and you know the machete to the cheek and i think it's awesome that he doesn't say anything and then he's got the presence of mind to like slowly release the guy who's injured at his feet and be like Shh, like don't say anything i'm gonna put my glove right here so i can pull the blood off of it as it goes right. by so you won't know i'm in here and then also yeah. just the badassness to not say anything when you get sliced again on the way out oh uh, yeah Jeez. that's so like this the thing that i struggle with with this movie 
and like I'll, like i watch movies to enjoy them i don't do it to like you know break it down but like at the end of a movie i will like okay what was act one what was act two what was act three like what were the arcs and stuff and like for this movie i don't know if there was like a separate act one to act two to act three in this movie because it was kind of all just straight action straight storyline and, and that being said there were really good character moments and a lot of story building maybe the beginning of act two is when the brothers meet up i guess um but i don't I know what say, act three would have been yeah i would <laughs> say act one is the the swat team going up successfully and then it changes when they get caught act two is the s storm that they hit as they're going down yeah and yeah. then I, I was gonna say i divide it up by uh motivation right as they're going in the motivation is we're cops we're the good guys we're coming in to get the criminals uh in the middle of it it also becomes about surviving and then i have to find my brother and mm. like get him out of here and mm. then act three is oh get we figured dodge. out this is actually a criminal enterprise and now I have to survive and I have to serve justice back on the people who brought us here. Yeah. yeah. Right. So his motivation changes throughout it. That's kind of how I break it down. That makes sense. I was, uh, I was trying not to be like too, I was trying not to do that while watching the movie last night because I was already sure. watching subtitles and yeah. sweating. Cause I was afraid someone was going to get lot. their neck broken again. Uh, but, and then, and then what happens to the old guy who is in on it? How does he die? He doesn't. So the, the, the he raid, doesn't die. Two, the, the raid two picks the raid up two. like uh, okay. a raid two picks hours up like moments later. later. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and and I will say like they wanted to make like the, the uh, they had at least one of this whole fight choreography scenes planned out before they made they had to make this movie and then they made the raid two but they it's fifty minutes longer but they they have bigger and more awesome action scenes but they also have a more they they spend a lot more time on the story yeah. in the raid too. Like they they now have enough money to do both, and, and I don't know which one I like more, the raid redemption or the raid two. Because I saw raid redemption first, but I also like the raid two was a really cool thing where I like saw it on a theater. It was, had a limited release in America, like certain theaters, and there was one like an hour away from me. And I told my friend, "Hey, do you want to go see this movie with me in theaters?" And he's like, "Sure." And it was like the coolest thing to go to. Like I felt like I found this movie and I had to drive trek over to go see it. Right. It, it came to Waco and we went and saw it the day it came out. It was amazing. And there were like twenty of us in the theater. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we and we all kind of gave each other the nod, like, yeah, you know why we're here. Like, <laughs> we all know that this is one of the coolest movies ever. And the people out there, they don't get it. Yeah. That the one thing is interesting. The Russo brothers talk a lot about how they use fight scenes as a as character development time and you can see that throughout infinity war and um endgame and captain america civil War. whenever there's a fight happening there's like always dialogue that is letting you learn something about the characters or how they're changing in the raid that is not the case at all like you have to stop a fight scene just so that you can figure out why is this person here and why <laughs> yeah. do they care about being here and so those are like absolutely opposite ways of doing it but you still can have a really fun and good movie whichever yeah. way that you go about it. I think it's really cool. There's a lot of different ways to make a movie and to tell a story. And this is a really interesting one um, in that John Wick kind of vein of it's mainly going to be punching and brutal fight scenes. But I, you can do that with having good storylines too. Yeah. I classify these movies as movies made for stuntmen. Yeah. Like this is a movie by stuntmen for stuntmen. And I think that the John Wick is another one of those franchises. I, I listened to a stuntman talk about the raid and apparently it gets a lot of crap from like professional stuntmen because a lot of the action scenes like if there's a, a beat that like somebody didn't get there on time they do a lot of like arm swings to like create yeah. dynamic like motion uh and like make make a noise to like distract the viewer and like so like you're saying as a collegiate football coach when you see a movie something that's not like you you can see what's real what's not real when a stuntman watches this movie, they kind of can see some of that. Yeah. And then John Wick, it's a little bit more cleaner. But I think the difference is, and you talked about it earlier with the choreography, a lot of these look like they are done with long shots. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. They, they do not cut to like, oh, like, so it's not like, a, oh, you missed a beat. Oh, we'll just get it on the next shot. It's a, mm -hmm. oh, shoot, somebody messed up. I have to stall because we're doing this like live theater almost. Like I mm -hmm. have to create improv so that we can get back on track 
mm-hmm. um, which but I think it, is almost even more impressive. And it's imperceptible to me. Like I can, I do not notice those moments. Like it all looks real and fluid and dynamic. And the, like you said, it's in one take. So it's, there's nothing to hide. There's no, not that much camera tricks going on. I don't remember there being a lot of one shots in this movie. I remember there being a lot of cutting in, in like really, like while he's banging somebody's head against the wall, like you get a different shot, like as he's like oh, banging. Yeah. I could be wrong. Also, I was trying to read subtitles, so who knows? Um, <laughs> but the only time that I've been in a movie that I can remember, and I've been like, that was really poorly done in terms of like uh, stunt work, uh, was the second Star Wars pre- yeah. uh, sequel, whichever one that was, um, with Ray and um, the guy from Girls. And uh, you know what? Which, which one am I talking about? When they're Last fighting Jedi. in the Snoke. Last Jedi. Uh, yeah, The Last Jedi. That's because I was the last one was Return of Skywalker or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. In The Last Jedi, that fight scene after they've killed Snoke or whatever, and there's those big dudes in like the red getup that are just like, like you can yeah. see multiple times in the background when like one of the big red guys could have like absolutely hammered one of the one of one <laughs> of the Jedi's, and he was just like, I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait. Okay, now it's here real quick. That's the only time I've ever been like, ah, right, this is bad. So yeah, I've never noticed, but like in Remember the Titans, when they literally say left side and strong side, like you can't have a left side and a strong side. You have left side and a right side, a strong side and a weak side. You can't just say one side is left and one side is strong. It doesn't make any sense. And that still bothers me to this day. Um, Yeah, there you go. Uh, I would like to read to you guys. Uh, (laughs) Roger Ebert (laughs) reviewed the raid um, and and had some positive things to say about it. Uh, But this is how it ends. What does redemption mean in the title? Who or what is redeemed and how? If you kill lots of people and are still alive, have you been redeemed? If you and your brother don't kill each other after almost everyone else does, is that redemption? Or is redemption just one of those title words like reloaded or destiny to help people tell movies apart? And I think that's a really good point. It's like, who was being redeemed and, and why? And well, what I, were they being redeemed from? My, my personal thought was that he was going in there to try to redeem his brother. He's trying to get him to leave the criminal underworld. Okay. Um, but it doesn't happen. So failed. Maybe, so no, I, yeah, I would like this be to be failed redemption. Attempted failed redemption. redemption. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. Redemption uh, is, uh, I, I think is a, not a misnomer, but I don't think it fits in the story as well. But like when I watch this movie, other action movies are lesser. Like I, I don't get to enjoy other movies that try to do things like this as well, because I have this level of quality in my head. I know that this is possible. Right. The Raid Redemption is the epitome of like awesome, dynamic, fluid action scenes, choreography that just clean and looks real, looks effective, and doesn't look like I have The Rock who can pick up a guy and throw him 30 feet, which I have no doubt that he can, but I can't do that. Right. I can't do what they do in the raid either, but there's, I don't, there's it's hope. Just look, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it makes it look like they could have a smaller guy beat up a bigger guy and it doesn't look unreal. It doesn't look fake. It looks like this is effective martial arts like that can have you fight outside of your weight class. Right. So a little change of pace. We talked about the uh, favorite kills. Um, I want to talk about my favorite fight scenes. Uh, I'm remembering four, but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, there's the end scene with the brothers against Mad Dog. Uh, mm-hmm. There's the fight in the narcotics lab. There's the yes. fight uh, in the uh, rooms, right? Between the, as they go through the floor. Yeah, the fourth floor and the fifth floor, yeah. And then there's the fight in the hallway. And the, the kind of the fight in the hallway is like twofold, right? You get a kind of reprise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah when he leaves the room the second time and the machete guys are there. So to y'all, what, what would you say your favorite fight scene was? Uh, the fight, the, those are all so good. The fight in the hallway may not ever be topped by anything ever. Um, actually, I don't know. The knife throwing scene from John Wick 3 is so great. Uh, but that's up there to that one me. But the uh, when they're raiding the chemical lab, that is so much fun. And it, that's like the lighthearted, like that's yeah. the light portion of the movie. Like that's where it's fun. And he's running on tabletops and jumping and kicking people in the head. That was and, like a much needed mental break from yeah. what you had just gone through. It's a really good point. And like in the hallway scene, you're seeing people's knee get punched sideways and necks stabbed. And in the, in the cocaine 
lab, you're seeing people get flipped over tables and the, the kind of bad lieutenant is like flipping file cases on top of yes, that's my yeah. favorite part is like you see rama and is it bowo that uh are like taking down people like with martial arts and then the lieutenant why you the guy with the white hair is just throwing file cases flipping people up throwing them up and down and yeah. it's like he doesn't know martial arts but he's yeah. just bigger than everyone i was gonna say the the drug scene was my favorite as well only because there's like some of the most there's some really cool kills in there um he does some really one of the other reoccurring things is he disarms people and kills them like with their own weapon still in their own hand and it's like, Ooh, insult to injury like yeah. they come at him with a knife and he just turns their wrist around real fast and stabs them in the neck with their own hand it's like oh that sucks um yeah but also the most relatable moment in the movie to me happens in the the drug fight scene where a guy runs at him and he kind of like dodges and throws him and the guy hits his back on a table which is probably like the least uh injury thing that's happened in the movie uh-huh. so far but the dude is just debilitated because he just grabs his back he's like oh gosh oh no he's like rising i was like that would be me that's exactly what i would do some of these dudes you are would... getting punched in the face like 30 times and they're still getting up the moment uh-huh. my back nope. hits a table i'm like oh no that's it i'll see you guys later <laughs> to be honest you would tear your acl on the way like running to the, the guy to go hit that's, that, that's a good question. Like, Crawford, you just gave us your answer. Kyle, how do you think you would have died in this movie? Oh, man. I'm sure I would have been one of the guys, like, trying to push the fridge to the to the door. <laughs> like, it's shot while, like, trying to move the fridge. Yeah. I, like, think Kyle, I don't think Kyle assumed he was a good guy, and I assumed <laughs> I was a bad guy. I was going to yeah. say, as a, I think I would be the guy, like, that's roaming the staircase and sees two guys and like aims his gun and then Rama's right there and just throws him <laughs> yeah. down the... It's like, oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be the hero. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I forgot about that scene though when they're uh, like right at the beginning when like the alarm has been sounded and they're like on, you know, like the fifth floor or whatever and they're looking, you know, into like raiding a room and then the bad guys are on the sixth floor but the lights are out and they can't see them and then the yeah. shotgun goes off and yeah. you see the light. That is a really cool scene. And also I feel like everybody got shot in that scene, but then like only one of them is actually dead going into the next scene. I was like, wait, I saw like at least seven of you guys on the ground and now all of you are back. I don't understand. They, they never so, cut back to the guys falling down, but I, I think yeah. a lot of them are hiding underneath the, like behind the wall. The, the shooting thing brings up an interesting point for me. There, there's really only one problem I had with this movie, which is at one point um, he falls out the window he takes a bad guy with him and they fall yeah. out the window and they land on the fire escape and then some shots hit the edge of the fire escape and that's what yeah. forces him back in another window and then he just sits in front of the window for like 30 seconds like and it's like emoting who was just shooting at you and why are they not why shooting they anymore uh, snipers because we know the neighbors right the snipers are next door and other people have just walked up to the window and like been blown away immediately so not only uh, immediately they have seen you they have shot at you and they can still see you and now they're just not shooting anymore that was the one moment i was like hey guys you should still be <laughs> trying to do like i don't want you to hit him but like yeah. at least try <laughs> at least give it the old stormtrooper try we're gonna miss yeah. by eight feet but you might as well try i'm telling you this movie spoils you as far as like believable action because like that that happens all the times in movies but you hold this movie to a higher caliber and you're like that that's like the one time i got taken out of the movie is because that like the main character obviously should have been shot right there and he wasn't and y'all it's like the one time the movie like let you just hang on Rama's face to show the like emotion of him like hurting and wincing, but did it in a way that like really he probably sh- like the way the movie's been told he should be dead right now and he's not. I think that's like the, but I think this movie spoils us because like you get that one time in this movie where and and you and you said it like that's the one time I fell out. You, it didn't ruin the movie for you. No, but it happens all the time in other movies. Like it's, the stormtrooper bit is a funny thing, but like honestly, has a stormtrooper hit anything? I think in the three trilogies, I don't think the stormtroopers ever actually hit anybody. I think in Rogue One they hit some people, but like not in the yeah. original. I actually love that uh, in the Mandalorian they make fun of this. At one point, Bill Burr is in an yeah. episode for some random reason, and he's like a sniper. 
and he talks about like oh yeah he was a sniper in the imperial army and mandalorian's like oh awesome and he's like hey i wasn't a stormtrooper okay (laughs) yeah you gotta be able to laugh at stuff like that i Uh i think ask this question you guys if there is no the raid redemption is there a john wick maybe but i don't think it's as good yeah definitely not because correct me if i'm wrong i saw all three john wicks probably too close to the same time isn't it the third one where he has to climb the levels of the the ending thing to fight the bad guy at the end yeah and like level two is like with the shinobi twins which is mad dog mm-hmm. and he throws the raid, you guy for the raid two what watch the raid two when you get the chance it like the knife scene at the end is probably the greatest Whoa. fight scene in any movie i'm gonna i'm gonna be real with you guys i'm gonna have to take a break I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go watch a Disney movie. So, <laughs> uh, maybe watch Hamilton was just released on Disney Plus. By the way, Drew, I hear that it's like Gallivant, but better. Um, so wow. you might be in on that. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna need to watch something lighthearted. Maybe a Will Ferrell movie. I don't know. And then maybe I'll go to back to the raid too because I can't handle it, man. That was too much for me last night. I, I woke up this morning and watched Raid Two immediately just because I had been thinking about it all night, and I was like, I have to watch the second one, and it was so good. It was so good. You, it, you get all of the great action from this movie, plus a good story, and they have a bigger budget. Plus a four time. times budget, yeah. 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 They have a character, they have like a team of bad guys, and like the, each have a different weapon, and like the one, there's one girl who has two hammers, and she yes. has the back of the hammers. The hammer girl, that was crazy. The hammer lady is one of the cringy, like the, like, Oh my gosh, it's synonymous with the Raid 2 with me of like that yeah. action style makes me not want to own a hammer. And I there, sold all my hammers. There are several scenes. You have a big market for... Your, I sold all selling. my hammers. Um, there was, it was too risky that I would fall on one. And There were several scenes in the Raid 2 that I looked at and was like, oh, that reminds me exactly of this other action movie. Um like mm-hmm. there were a couple times I was like, oh, that's like John Wick or like, oh, that's like the Born Supremacy um, mm-hmm. or, oh, that's like, you know, X, Y, Z. And I, I did that like four or five times and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Not knowing exactly who inspired who, um, yeah. but just seeing other influences, at least in my mind. Um, I'll, I'll have you guys know, I've, I've found a, uh, uh, I, I pull an IMDb of <laughs> favorite foreign language prison movies and the raid 2 is number 16 on this list no apparently foreign films are much bigger into prison movies than we are here in the states or maybe there's a lot of them and if i love the raid 2 are you telling me there's 15 (laughs) better movies than that yeah so uh, we got some work to do immediately we got we got some work to do oh you know what hey i changed my mind about how i think i would die uh there's a dude in this movie who like in one second gets um incapacitated and murdered he throws a kick at rama rama catches the kick throws him to the ground and then heel stomps him in the face Ooh, oh man. my god i was like that would be me that's exactly <laughs> i would like run up there and be like oh i'm gonna get him. i'm gonna oh no. in reality you and i would be the two guys in the car being like you think they need help i don't know you're gonna get a sandwich <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're just gunned down <laughs> that would be more likely to be us probably what a really funny moment like Bobo is like getting shot in the ear and like can't move and he's like crawling on the floor and one bad guy who's already been taken down by Rama like reaches over and touches him he's like no I'm gonna get you and then Bobo grabs a knife and just stabs him 17 times in the heart and it's just like why did you reach out dude (laughs) you're out of your league obviously (laughs) just take it easy bro (laughs) stay on the sidelines I think the last question should be if you were somebody staying at the apartment in the raid who would you be and why would you be there? Like, would you be the guy who's just there to take care of his sick wife? And I was just about to say, to- as many times as I've had to like go to the grocery store and get medicine for pregnant wife and now wife of newborn child and stuff, I'm 95% sure I'd be at Walgreens at like 11 o'clock at night getting her favorite type of ice cream and bringing it back home as the raid started. I'm pretty positive that would be me over the last six months. Uh, I'm pretty sure I would be the dude who was just like asleep in bed and then got duct tape put over his mouth <laughs> and like never woke up. Like three dudes were just in my room and I was out cold and like, oh, whatever. And then I got duct tape. I was like, oh, they got me. Drew, Drew Allen would be the kid who was just watching TV in the lobby. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I, I was literally going to say I am watching TV. That's the only guy watching TV. That's me. I get yep. taken out. I'm the first guy taken out. 
literally never once did I factor in at all. That's funny. Yeah, we all three had different people. That's good. That's good. So uh, we hope you enjoyed the first deep dive uh, into a single movie from Not the Podcast You Deserve. Um, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at NTPYD Podcast or uh, email us at NTPYD Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us other movies that you'd like for us to deep dive uh, or other topics you'd like to hear us talk about. Thanks for listening to Not the Podcast You Deserve.